So we're going to talk about uh, Jesus' ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> there is only one ministry on the earth that God has left for us in this, the one ministry that Jesus uh, preached when he walked the earth, and that is reconciliation. That is such an important term. It's been used throughout the Bible. It cancels out separation from God. And that's the most important aspect of it for us is that we can now have relationship with God. We can now have continual fellowship with God. Uh, we can be complete and whole. Everything that reconciliation uh, points to and stands for. So whenever you think reconciliation, you must think blood. Amen. Because the blood was shed for reconciliation. Leviticus 8, if you'll go there. Actually, the first blood shed was in the garden, right? When and God slew the animal and covered Adam and Eve with coats of skins and, and uh, covered their nakedness, their shame, until the time when God would come and make it permanent. And so there were always these blood reminders that man was sinful. Uh, there had to be shedding of innocent blood to bring him back to God. It always pointed to Jesus and his sacrifice, ultimate sacrifice at Calvary. So in Leviticus 8 and verse 15, it says, uh, 14, Moses brought uh, Aaron and, and his sons close. And in verse 14, it says, he brought the bullock for the sin offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering. And he slew it. And Moses took the blood and put it on the horns of the altar round about with his finger and purified the altar and poured the blood at the bottom of the altar and sanctified it to make reconciliation upon it. So shed blood is what makes reconciliation. Amen. It makes reconciliation a done deal. It makes it possible for us to enter in. Amen. By faith and through confession of our sins. So that once we confess our sins, then the reconciliation to God is completed. And then we can have fellowship with God. We can have access. We can have all of the things that that we lack in life. I'll put it to you that way. Everything that we lack is made possible to us by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Second Chronicles 29, we see another example of reconciliation by way of blood. Praise God. Seems I never drink enough waters. Second Chronicles. What I say, 29, 24, 29. We find 29 first. Twenty-three, and they brought forth the he goats for the sin offering before the king and the congregation, and they laid their hands upon them. 
and the priests killed them, and they made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement for all Israel, for the king commanded that the burnt offering or holocaust and the sin offering shall be made for all Israel. Amen. So this is to bring the people back to God. Whenever people stray, get confused, get in strife, uh, you know, get, get all that negative aspect, it's because they've strayed away from God. And they need to repent and confess their sins and then get the blood atonement applied to their life to have fellowship again. The kind of fellowship. Now you may think you're okay with God, but we're talking about the kind of fellowship God ordains. You know, I don't know anybody who's living up to the maximum of their capacity in anything. And so we we need to focus on what does God order? What does God ordain? What does God require for us to have proper fellowship with him. And it's always blood. It's always reconciliation through blood. Amen. And so you, we know for a fact that you can step out and get in sin as quick as you can step in and, and get, get fellowship with God again. Amen. And it's good to keep good relationships with God, keep close accounts with God, uh, stay close to God because you need him more than you need anything. So here again we see reconcile reconciliation through blood. Turn to Second Corinthians five. In verse seventeen it says, Therefore if any man be in Christ not born again, but be in Christ, amen, in right standing with God, in the presence of God, nothing separating you from God. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we've all had that experience, amen, knowing your sins were forgiven, knowing they were washed away, knowing all of that, you are become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciling everybody else to him through Jesus Christ. Amen. So that ministry of reconciliation must come through the, uh, the completed work, the atoning work at Calvary. That's how you can go up to people and invite them into God's kingdom. Amen. Just just pray the prayer. Ask God to forgive your sins and wash them away and, and come into his kingdom. Don't ever sell somebody a false reconciliation. Get them, give them, get a, get the blood kind. Amen. Get the sinless kind. Get the right kind. One of the things we've got wrong in the church is we've got people who are, are, uh, seeker friendly converts. People have been all converted to all kinds of foolish talk that doesn't really do the job. But you want people to be accepted by God through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to come to God but through him. And so this is the ministry that we've been been given by God. It's not to make everybody friends with everybody. That's not reconciliation. 
Because if your efforts don't require blood and don't go by way of the blood, you're wasting your time. God wants these people close to him. He, but everybody has a right to have relationship with God because Jesus has made it possible. Amen. You know, anytime, uh, you know, uh, they talk about the time, uh, in churches, there was a time where all the songs rep, uh, uh, spoke of the blood. Then people, smart ministers started noticing, well, the new people, they don't understand this blood talk. So we take all the blood songs out of the hymnals. Amen. And so now we're trying to have a bloodless salvation. It's not working. Look at all the problems in the world. Look at all the people who are, are doing the most horrendous things and, and living what they call the good life, living as examples before people. Amen. And, and what we tolerate because we've left the blood out of so many of the interactions we have as Christians with other people. Amen. And you've got to include Jesus' sacrifice. You've got to let people know that their salvation is real, that it's been paid for, that they can't pay for it themselves. And praise God, we have a sinless Savior that paid the price for everybody. And so when we, we start exhorting people into the kingdom and preaching the real gospel, amen, then, then people will respond and they'll get the right benefits and we'll see lives change and we'll see people walking around joyful, amen, because their sins are truly forgiven and they know it. There's a knowing that comes with the blood, amen. Remember when Abraham asked God about uh, uh, who his heir was going to be? He said, he said, he said, God, you, you've told me I'm going to have children. He says, so far I don't have anybody. And this, this, this guy from Damascus who my slave is going to wind up with all my property if you don't give me somebody. And he said, how am I going to know you're going to do this? And God took the animals, told Abraham, get the animals, split them. And put Abraham to sleep and what, that's the knowing. See, the blood brings the knowing. You don't know nothing without the blood. Amen? And so this is what we want to preach and make sure people get that knowing that they're saved. Amen? And they're not just coming to church and wondering and comparing themselves with everybody else and wondering how they can seem to be so happy and I'm still out here just, you know, faltering around. I gotta know. And the blood is what gives you the knowing. Amen. Abraham was asleep. He didn't even see what went on. And he woke up knowing. Because the blood's supernatural. The blood's a spiritual entity. It's amazing, folks, how God is taking care of everything that we need. Through the one sacrifice. So you don't have to try and out-sacrifice God. See how many days you can go without thinking an evil thought or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just live your life free before God. Learn about Him. Amen. He's, He's not like that. He's, He's a good God. He's the best. Amen. He the best. Amen. <laughs> North, South, East, or West. He 100% the best. 
It's like Pastor Shirley, I tell her, I say, your little Vietnamese family, how they doing? There's a, a gentleman that uh, walked to Ann Arbor when his wife, his wife had a stroke and an aneurysm on Christmas Day. And they life flighted her from Defiance, Ohio to Ann Arbor, Michigan to the hospital. And he told God, he said, I'm going to walk for Jesus all the way up to the hospital to see her. And on the way, he he got on Facebook and announced it. And so many people stopped and walked with him, began to pray for them. His wife survived the three surgeries. She's at home now walking with aid, but walking. Um, and, and it's it's. I just am blessed to know somebody's getting a miracle. You understand what I'm saying? Add my prayer to it where I can. You understand what I'm saying? And, but, but God is, is, this is, this is the benefit of the blood. It paid for her to get up off of a deathbed with a death warrant on her life. Five percent of people survive. He's making sure that she thrives. See, he's staying with the God that that's healing her. He's not wavering. He's allowing God to continue to make his wife whole. That's how you get it, folks. That's how you get it. So it, it's a good thing, you know, to to know that that we've been reconciled to God through the blood. You get a knowing because of the blood. I thank God for people who give their testimonies in the midst of it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's faith, boy. You know, he got out there and just from day one started declaring. He said, my wife's going to get a miracle. God is 100% real. He just exalts the Lord the whole time. Most people would wait until, you know what I'm saying, they can see something. He's he's exalting God in the midst of, in process, amen. Just believe in God for every day that she's going to get better and better and better. And it's happening for them. That's the blood. That's the knowing that comes with the blood. When he would say his wife's going to get a miracle, you had no doubt. You, you, your ears shut up. You said, well, sound like he believe in it. Let me believe it with him. Maybe I can learn something in this miracle that he's getting. Amen. And and go along for the ride on somebody's miracle sometimes. Don't just sit back and want to judge. You know how we do sometimes? You'll sit back and see if this is real. No, it's real. Jump in it. Amen. Jump in the midst of it. Just take them for God that it's real. Learn how to discern when faith is in the room. Amen. You learn so much sometimes if you pay attention the way God wants you to pay attention. So in Second Corinthians 5, did I read that yet? Okay, like I said. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it, it, all things are passed away. He says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we don't preach condemnation. If you want to condemn somebody, just keep your mouth shut because that ain't where we at. We're, we're getting people saved through reconciliation. I mean, it's open for all who will believe. Amen. And obey what God tells you to do in the reconciliation. 
And so it, it is we are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. We are here to do exactly what Jesus would do if he walked the earth. And, and we're walking the earth now. And we have record of what he did when he did walk the earth. So that is the ministry of reconciliation. So what does that mean to reconcile? It means to cover, to purge, or to atone. Amen? So when when we say our sins are covered, your life is covered. You're covered. Amen? You have a head-to-toe warranty on your life. Everything is provided for There's nothing left out. Everything is secured for you in God. So you get covered. You get pured, uh, purged. That means everything that's evil is wiped out of you. Amen. God even chips at the root. He said that the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Amen. How can you lay an axe to the root? An axe has to get something above ground usually. Just think now, think about it. So this has to be a supernatural thing. It's talking about God doing something for us supernaturally. Amen. So he's laying the axe to the root of the tree. That That's a, a security for us because you don't have to be fearful about your past or fearful about repeating stuff that you've done. Amen. You can live in confidence and faith. Now, you might be a repeat offender, but as quickly as you confess and ask God to forgive you, you're right back in reconciliation again. Amen. And so it's good to walk in this reconciliation in the renewed mind of God. There is so much that God wants to tell us and do for us and share with us and help our lives. I mean, it's just amazing. The stuff that he will uh share with you take a little time and just worship him and thank him for the blood plead the blood over yourself and in your conversation with him and 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 uh um always look at the secret place relationship we have with god where where he's doing things for us in a way that he's never done before uh the amos 9:13 blessing so fast your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of the other and the other and the other just amazing things that he will do for us and with us you know i was i had a a, a, um i'm planning to sell my house i need to downsize and so over the years i i had a kitchen floor that started to separate over the years and I was torn about the floor. I said, God, is is there a way I could, you know, I mean, after a while, you, you get so many throw rugs on the floor. I mean, people know something's up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're going to have to get, a, get rid of the throw rugs at some point so people know what you're really trying to sell them. So I had some of the little wood putty, you know, and I said, well, maybe I can get this little putty the right color. It's a multicolored floor, you know. And so there were enough colors in it. I said, mm, if I throw this putty on here, they might think it's just, I don't know what I thought I was going to get, but it wasn't working. Let me put it. I had thought it was working. And then I said, mm, well, no, I'm not going to badmouth my own work, but 
we need some help here. And one morning I woke up and I heard a hissing noise in my kitchen. And see, I don't go in the basement. I don't go upstairs. Because that's where the boogeyman is. Yeah, I said it. But I'm thinking, what for? I'm not motivated to go on. You know, I just like my little rooms down there on that. (laughs) Now, anything come in them rooms, they dead meat. But anyway, so I refused to investigate the hissing for a while. I mean, I think like a day. And then finally, I see this puddle on the floor in in front of the sink in my kitchen. I realize a leak has sprung in one of the hoses in my faucet. And there's hot water shooting everywhere. And when I did open it, and first I thought it was killer bees were back again. Those of you who are with me on Facebook, my real friends out there, they was killing me because they was inside the house. They wasn't outside no more. They had, they had bored their way in. To my bedroom, I kept seeing a bee here and a bee there in in my office. And I kept thinking, I said, where are these bees coming from? You know, and that you'd have to go through the kitchen over, all the way to the, the deck to get in the house, you know, legitimate way. And I'm thinking, okay, so I sprayed them, you know, and the few I saw, and I went to bed. And then morning, I kept hearing some buzzing. And I got turned on the light and looked up in the corner. My whole wall in the corner is full of them. They bored their way in there. I politely, I, I, I don't have real doors to my, from between, between the bedroom and the office, but I got closet doors that swing back that make it like saloon doors. So I closed what I could, got Coco out of the office and we went in the kitchen and called the beekeeper guy. So he came out immediately and got rid of all the bees for me. So anytime I hear buzzing, I don't run to see what it is. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to know. Yes, I'm in denial. And no, I don't care. Judge me. I don't care. If y'all judging me, you're in sin. Cut it out. So that's how the leak went on for two days or three days. I was not investigating till I finally saw, okay, this is not the killer bees, but I'm in a different kind of trouble. The long and short of it is I had to file a, 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 a claim with my insurance company because it's too much damage. You know, it's not something you just pay petty cash and, so, and I'm glad I did because they came in, they did a thorough job. They got all the flooding out. I mean, this was a flood abatement thing. And when I told them, I said, I can't get replacement tiles for this floor anymore. It's, it's discontinued. And they said, well, okay, we'll just replace the whole floor. Amen. So the floor problem's gone. Amen. We were able to salvage um, my countertops, which I didn't want a big project. I asked God, just let them.
be able to do what's necessary to do. They thought they might have to just destroy the whole thing and start all over again. But one of the gentlemen was able to come out and give us. He said, you know, I have a guy who rebuilds cabinets. He said, we'll just take, he'll take all that damaged cabinetry out. He said, you can watch and make sure it's done properly. And so the whole time that guy was there rebuilding the cabinet, he said, boy, everything's going so well today. He said, usually I have a hard time with this kind of work. He said, but he said, I'm just real happy. He said, everything's fitting real good. And Amen. I told him, I said, well, yeah, I said, praise God, you know, to feel him out, see what he thought. He thought nothing. He's just having him a good day. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we'll just pray for him as he goes. Amen. And and ever since then, it's been like one thing on the heels of the other with God taking care of all the concerns that I had, you know, for getting the house ready, you know, for sale. It's a big house. It's a big property. Um, I was concerned about the garage, the not garage. I got a garage and I got a pole barn. That pole barn was, you know, the big monster sitting there looking at me. And uh, I had. I asked Daniel, I said, you got some extra time? He said, yeah. And then I found out later, he got three, three job, man, you know, three job. But he had enough time. And I'm telling you, he hauled stuff out of there and, and cleaned stuff up so quick. I, I just made my head spin because I was looking at it and it seemed such a big deal. And he just came in, he didn't complain. He, you know, he tackled everything and, you know, and, and, I said, Daniel, I got dinner for you. He said, Oh, okay. So he said, I'll take it with me. You know, he was happy for, for, uh, uh, shrimp and fish sticks and french fries. <laughs> not my best, <laughs> not my most gourmet meal, but you know, you know how young kids are. They just, you know, hey, whatever. We hungry, we eat. And so it just was such an easy thing for, for me to just let God have this quit stressing on it quit worrying and and creating problems with my own mind just let him do Amos 9:13 in my life and see how easily he he can put these things into place it was the same thing when i had to get another car i'm thinking to myself oh boy who needs this you know it's some things you just oh man who needs this and god showed me he said i can go anywhere and get anything you need i mean anywhere car came from florida as as many cars as there are in ohio but see god will show you the things you think are mountains you create them they're not mountains to me amen he said it's nothing for me to help it's nothing for me to come to your aid and your rescue it's nothing for me you know Coco developed a cough she couldn't get rid of. And I thought, oh, boy, it's curtains. You know what I'm saying? She's up in age and the devil keeps, where is that cough coming from? Oh, she's got tumors. She's got this. She's got that. And so I managed to get enough courage to take her to the vet. And so when I I was taking her a couple weeks ago, I called the camps and I was ashamed of myself for calling him like, you better come see our dog because you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's where my faith was at. And so 
they came to the emergency vet when I had her in there and they had taken her back for x-rays. And I was going to wait for the x-ray and then the thought hit me. Oh, let me go outside and see what the camps are up to. It's just a great woman of paste and flour. You understand what I'm saying? Crumbling under the weight of her own worry. And so Tony switched with me. He said, I'll go in and wait. And so uh, I saw him in the rearview mirror like 20 minutes later coming back to the car. And he said, come on, let's go pick her up. I said, we can take her home. I said, praise God, I got a miracle. Hallelujah. Ask in faith, receive in unbelief, but take it and run home. You understand what I'm saying? And so... Every day she's been getting better. You know, the cough was, was something that, that they give her medicine to treat. And, um, you know, you take your medicine and believe for a miracle with the medicine. You get mercy with your medication. Amen. And, and so she's been getting better and better every day. Amen. Doing her same little shenanigans. She never stopped begging. And that's. <laughs> I mean, you know, any woman that's worth her value. I mean, come on. She's always wanting something, aren't we? And so, you know, she's she's good. Amen. She's healed. She's receiving it every day. And and so I thank God for that. That one thing after another after another. I don't care what the devil throws at you. I don't care what he says about what he's throwing at you. God is, he's, we've been reconciled to Christ. That blood is a big deal, folks, because it's paid for everything. If you, there's a knowing in your heart, deep down in your heart, that God has a miracle for you. Amen. If I didn't believe I could get a miracle, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken her to get some treatment. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes it's the least little thing you do toward that miracle but God has it for you and he'll show you he can't deny himself. He can't deny that he promised you all of these things. He cannot deny it. It's he has to make it evident to everybody. And so I thank God for that. One thing fast on the heels of another. Amen. You won't be able to keep up. I haven't been able to keep up, to be honest with you. Every time I look up, God is doing something different. To, to show me that he, he honors the desires of my heart. To show me that he wants me to be happy and have my joy to be full. Amen. He wants me to have the fullness of joy. And so there's just so many other things I could, I could speak of, but just suffice it to say that those things he has for all of us. Amen. It's not just for me. I don't live any different than you do. Well, don't let me say that. I, I might, but I don't know what y'all do. But I'm, I'm walking this walk of faith just like you. I'm walking my walk like you walk yours. Amen. And so we're all doing the best we can to stay faithful to God, aren't we? Amen. And that's all he's looking at. So, so God wants us to be reconciled to him. He reckon, he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ working reconciliation. To the world. And that was evident in everything that, that Jesus taught. Amen. When he starts out in Luke chapter four, 
where he says this 418 where he says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach reconciliation to preach the benefits that only the blood can bring into your life when he talks about healing setting captives free that's breaking the curse that comes from the broken law, that curse that comes from man's disobedience. He's remedying that right there. And and then if people will just listen to him and develop their faith for the things that he's offering to them. And so when he talks about reconciliation, that was what was evident in his ministry from day one, that the curse is broken. And how is it broken? Only by the blood. You can't break a curse with just words. Those words have to be backed up with with some action that has paid the price for all of that to take place. Let me turn back to Luke chapter 4. I just don't want to want to make sure I don't leave anything out. Amen. Where it says here, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. And see, this is is Isaiah um uh, 53, I'm pretty sure, yes, 50, 61, I'm sorry. Yeah, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. So the preaching is is extremely important here. To preach something means to declare it with faith and conviction under the spirit of God. This is a holy preaching that he's doing. Preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them who are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When he says to set at liberty those who are bruised, that means that you get a brand new start in life. That past hurts and wounds can't hold you back anymore. You got me? See, this, there is so much that we don't take advantage of already in the atonement that we need to be aware if we'll just believe it and allow God to make it real to us, we would live much better lives. How many, how many times, and I know this was real popular when I was first saved. You know, back in the, the 80s and the 90s, people went for inner healing. Everybody had rejections. That was the big thing. You got a rejection spirit. And that's what causes you. No, it doesn't. Because I've been reconciled through the blood. And, and Jesus has already set me free. He's bound up all my wounds. I don't have to be careful around people anymore because my wounds are already he poured, he's poured the salve into him already. So he took the pain in my place. So it doesn't hurt me to be around people that say things. People are always going to say things. Well, am I going to run from the world because they talk unkind or say different things? I'm going to watch people and how they talk to me and stay away from me and label them. Oh, they're mean. They, they, yeah, they don't know how to talk to people. All the stuff that the saints are accustomed to saying about each other. He's already, that's such a, a, a ridiculous thing to say. 
You're not some wounded something. Are you kidding me? As much as he's done for you, you need to just stay in your Bible a little bit longer until you get clarity on it. Amen? That's what we don't do. We want to run to everybody else and get inner healing, outer healing. We want some quick, fast, and easy remedy for something we need to get out of relationship with him. I was, uh, I was never so, I guess, you know how you can be blessed, but flabbergasted and hurt and mixed, mixed in your head, your head get blown when you hear somebody's testimony. When I heard Mel Gibson, the reason he made that movie, The Passion of the Christ, now this man went through a whole lot of trouble doing this movie. It's not like this was a script and a contract and a check that was handed to him from somebody. But he went through the trouble of writing and finding screenwriters to help him. He put forth his own money, found the right actors, did all of this stuff. And he said he did it because he wanted to show God he appreciated him for healing him. And he said, what I did was I began to meditate on what Jesus went through in the crucifixion. He said, I meditated on his atonement. I meditated on his pain. I meditated on what he went through. I meditated on his passion. And out of that, the exchange came. And God healed me of depression, long-standing depression, alcoholism. All kinds of things that had plagued him all his life. And he was so grateful. He says, i got to share this with everybody. And when I heard that, I thought, wait a minute. Hold it. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. You know, that don't line up with your religion. Your carnality, your theology, (laughs) your semi-doctrine that you don't even know if it's a doctrine or not. You understand what I'm saying? Crashed your belief system all up against the rocks. Because here's a just a simple example of somebody who got healed by God. And I said, Lord, the atonement is so real. It is so real. The reason people criticize him, oh, Jesus is about love. Listen, if if it don't impress you that a man gave his life for you as rotten as you are, if that's not love to you, I don't know where you're going to get it. But we need to know what it took. Maybe you appreciate it. Huh? He appreciated it. And it, it messed up a lot of heads. It's still messing up some people's heads. You understand what I'm saying? They're still saying... People don't, don't, shouldn't respect him for what he did. But see, this, this atoning work is, is reconciling. God wanted us back so bad. He allowed his perfect child to be damaged and humiliated and all the things so that our broken hearts could be bound up. It's amazing Jesus didn't talk about straight up physical healing here but he talked it's implied in this but he's talking about the things that keep people away from each other broken heartedness bruising wounds the wounds and bruises that you get just in life reaching out 
for love from people and you wind up getting rejected and beat up. And he said, that's the stuff that keeps people from, from wanting to be part of anything. That's what keeps people estranged from each other is the potential damage that we can do to each other. We don't treat each other right. And he says, but I've taken care of all of that for you. He said, and it's a, this is the acceptable year for it. This, it's time for Jubilee folks. It's time to get happy. Amen. It's time to shout for joy because God has done this great thing for us that we don't have to languish in, in, in hurt and the past and, and hurt feelings. The greatest thing you can offer to somebody is the atoning work of Calvary. That's the greatest thing that you can offer to anybody. That'll take care of every pain, every problem, every sorrow from A to Z is to bring them into covenant reconciliation with God and let them know that God's not mad at you. He's not looking for you to punish you. He's looking for you to bless you. Look at Jacob and Esau. They treated each other so dirty throughout the years. You know, I mean, sometimes it's like that in some households. You're just glad to get them out of there because they, they wreak such havoc on the whole household. Hey, you don't like that it happens, but it happens. Some some parents feel they have to choose between putting the drug addict out just so the rest of the kids don't get hooked. You understand what I'm saying? It's like that some places. And it came a time when, when they had to meet after being separated from all those years. And when they met, they realized God had done a work in both of them. They were glad to see each other. That's what Jesus means by reconciliation. They both had been reconciled to God first, and then God can tenderize their hearts toward one another. So they could, and they couldn't outbless the, one couldn't outbless the other one. They were just eager to bless each other. Amen. Wouldn't that be nice? It's possible. God has made it possible. The blood of reconciliation has made it possible. Amen. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for, for, for outcasts in the family. Don't settle for the empty chair at Christmas and Thanksgiving. Don't settle for that. Cause God has better things for us. His blood speaks better things. And reconciliation is at the head of the list. That's so very important. That those can, they can be reconciled to God and to man. Amen. Sometimes we're the agents of reconciliation. In fact, most times we are. If we learn how to love people instead of feeding them with a long handled spoon. Huh? We always want to put it off for tomorrow. You know, we'll be reconciled tomorrow. Well, you know, I can't invite a uh, cousin bruh over this to Thanksgiving, but you just wait. One of these days, we're going to get him back in here. Invite him now. He's hungry every day. Huh? Do the thing that's hard for you to do, and that's to believe God for a miracle. Because <laughs> that's really what it's all about. We just don't want to exercise our faith in the right way. We want, we like the comfortable status quo. 
everything in a compartment where we can look at it and say nobody's interfering with anybody else. Nobody's mad at anybody. Everybody's peaceful. Let's keep it that way. God wants to mix it up. Huh? He, he wants some, some things out of place sometimes so he can work. Amen. We keep things in order the way we like it all the time. You'll never see a miracle. Huh? Well, you know, I ain't really that big on miracles the way where you need to be. <laughs> you got a miracle. Amen. He changed you. Let him get at some other people. Amen. <laughs> So that day the scripture was fulfilled in, in their ears and the miracle of the ministry of reconciliation began. Jesus' ministry of reconciliation began. So we said to reconcile means to cover, to purge, to atone. It means to coat or cover with pitch. Remember Noah and the ark? That was reconciliation. That was God pronouncing Noah righteous and then giving him permission to include his family. Amen. And they were, they were put in a boat that the pitch was a type of blood. Amen. There was a type of blood seal on that boat. That boat never sprang a leak. That boat never sank. There was more than that pitch keeping that boat together. That pitch represents the blood, amen, and the blood of reconciliation. So so Noah and all of his family were safe inside that boat. God was the one that shut the door, folks. Amen. After he, when, when God's hand closed that door, amen, nobody else was allowed in and nobody was allowed out. It was blood sealed. And only those that God wanted saved were saved. It was eight people. Amen. And God started the world over again with those eight souls. So God was in Christ reconciling us. We've said that. Reconciliation also means restoration to the favor of God. Amen. Acceptability. See, the blood makes you acceptable. People don't make you acceptable and they don't reject you. Now, people may not like you, but that has nothing to do with your relationship with God. You know, they're entitled to like with, the, uh, you know, if somebody ever says something negative, I say, girl, you don't know what you're missing. I'm the most lovable people person you ever want to meet in your life. You know, tell them something that's going to mess their head up. And they want to take a dislike to you. See, people think that gives them power over you. If they can be critical and they can be negative, they feel powerful if you believe it. I said, girl, shut up. I'm the most lovable person you ever want to see. Come here, give me some sugar. (laughs) I'm going to give me some sugar. You know you love me. Cut that out. Am I right, Chuck? That's right. I know that's right. He'll beat the devil at his own game. He's hoping to wound you and hurt you. Just tell him it ain't working today, devil. It ain't working no day. I'm blood. I'm pitched inside and out. Amen. 
I'm covered with the pitch of God. I'm coated. I'm covered. I don't receive any of that. You criticize me, you criticize the Lord that bought me and the blood that paid for me. My sins are forgiven. Yeah, give him some of his own medicine. You talk about the blood, he'll run in a corner and shrink somewhere. He don't like that blood stuff. Restoration of favor. It actually means exchange also. It means that your sin is taken and God's righteousness is imputed. Amen. Exchanging equivalent values. Amen. So you become a joint heir with Christ. You're the, you're the heir of the world. Isn't that what God told Abraham? That he would be heir of the world. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. Those who stay humble before God and receive the atonement, we're heirs of the whole world. You know why people sit up and mess their heads up trying to figure out how God's going to send the money? I have no clue. What's coming to you will come. You want more? Give more. You want more? Go out and do something for God. God, I want to do something for you that's going to bring me wealth. Amen? Husband number... I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to be a good girl today. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I always tell people, I said, my husband prospered. Because of me. Amen. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, obtains favor from God. I said, that man didn't know how rich he was. I kept trying to tell him by trying to spend it all. Anywho. But, uh, yeah. You know, they prosper because they have a good wife. Amen. You add to their lives. Somebody need to say amen. Y'all slow on them amens out there. Huh? I never doubted I was an asset to his life. After I got saved and came into my right mind, my right spiritual mind, I never doubted I was. I said, God, show me how to help make our lives. I'm his helper. He wants to go somewhere in life. He wants to prosper. He wants to do good. Show me how to do that. Huh? And, and God just began to, to bless us through him. Amen. Through his efforts. I remember the day he, he gave his really got converted, gave his life to the Lord. He was weeping. And he was looking around and he said, you know, I just noticed something. He said, when you would tell me, when I would tell you that I got a raise or I got a promotion or you would say, well, praise God and, and thank God. He said, I would get angry. He said, because I said, why doesn't she ever give me credit for it? He said, and then I realized I could never have done what God on my own without God, what he's done in our lives. He said, I see that now. He said, I'm so thankful. Amen. So thankful. You know, people don't know. They're in ignorance 
as to the things of God and the ways of God. But I've always wanted to be a help to my husband. I've always wanted to be an asset. I didn't want to be one of those always backbiting them and pulling them down, criticizing and all that kind of stuff. I never wanted to be that type of person. And and God will help you with that. He doesn't want us to be that type of person either. Amen? He doesn't want us to be the kind of people who are never satisfied with anything. So, you you know, you just have to understand reconciliation. God wants us reconciled to him. Understand the value that we are in the earth. You have the word of reconciliation inside of you, and that gives you great value. It's what God's put in us that makes us so valuable. Amen? And what we do with it. That we don't try to to squander it. We don't try to um, waste it. That we, we put it to use in God's kingdom every day. Amen? Sometimes our small efforts make a big, big difference to people. And you never know that they even notice it sometimes. Just keep being that minister of reconciliation. Keep being that person that seeks to obey God in their relationships and the way you deal with people and the way you treat them and what you expect out of them and all that kind of stuff. Be that person that that always has the word of reconciliation in their mouth. Amen. It's got to be in your mouth. Got to speak the word of God. So restoration of favor, exchange, exchanging equivalent values. So God loves us as much as he loves his son, Jesus. There's no difference. Amen. It, it means restoration of favor to God, especially to sinners that repent and put their trust in the death of Christ as atonement for their sin and as strength for their life. Jesus comes to dwell in us by the Holy Ghost and that gives us strength to live out this covenant life. You couldn't live it out without the indwelling Holy Spirit. You'd fall just as flat. You know, so so you've been given You've received the atonement, which is a package deal of help from God. His His power dwelling in you. His personhood living in you. His character in you. Christ in you. And so this is a whole different type of living than we've ever lived before. That's why we need so much teaching. That's why we need understanding. That's why we need knowledge of spiritual things to let, let that be uppermost. Like, you know, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Amen. Seek to walk with God every day and not miss a step. Amen. We don't need a day off from serving God. We don't need me time. You had enough of that before you got saved. And then you you ran into a brick wall and, and then you wanted to cash out of the meantime. Now we want it back again. Amen. And so we have to understand what this life is all about. You understand it best by just allowing God to teach you, train you, show you the ropes. Reconciliation cancels all selfishness, evil, strife, 
and replaces it with love. So the slate is wiped clean of all the debris that we've carried for years. God wipes that totally clean and makes us new creatures. We've never lived before. You have a brand new you. Amen. Total makeover from the inside out. You may not look much different, but every time you think about the life you used to live, you break out in this silly grin. You say, Ooh, God, I'm so thankful. I'm not, you know, you and Jesus have a good chuckle over that. Ooh, I'm so thankful. I'm not that person anymore. Ooh, wee. And have no fear of living like that again. That's the best part. So, so God is love. His shed blood throughout eternity is calling man back to himself through adoption. You're not just saved, though you are. You're not just delivered. You're not just made whole, but you are adopted. Amen. You're reconciled, made righteous, and then God cleans you up and looks at you. He said, you know what? I'm not going to leave you just by yourself. I'm going to take you home with me. And you're adopted. Amen. Amen. I mean, he couldn't leave us out there by ourselves in that condition. Amen. I mean, in a holy condition. He doesn't want you floundering around trying to figure out how to live for him. So he adopts you into his family. Amen. To the innumerable company of angels. Amen. To the souls of just men made perfect. Amen. To the heavenly Jerusalem. That's your home. You've been adopted into that family. I know you love your, your, whoever you got down here. But your main family, you gotta to get to know them too. Amen? And so, your, your, your heavenly family, your adopted family, you become one with God, one with Christ, and adopted as a son of God and a daughter of God, with a seat at the table, you got a place waiting for you at the table of God anytime you want to go and partake with him. You're not broke. You're not lonely. You're not discouraged. You're not cast aside. You're not rejected. Huh? You've been adopted. That's news for people who who have natural families. The fact that you've been adopted into a spiritual family, you got an upgrade. Huh? Amen. He's given us the spirit. You know, you not only are adopted, you know, like like for instance, if if you adopted a natural child, you have you have to go through a legal process. Amen. Papers are signed. They're notarized. The officials, judges, whoever, magistrates have to sign them. Make it official. 
But until something else transpires, it's just paper. Something of life has to come into those papers before you can really know you're adopted. And the Bible says he has given us the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit brings with him a separate spirit that cries out, that tells you to cry out to God as father now. It's okay to call him your father. And you can cry out to him as father and he will respond to you as a father would. So there's life breathed into this paper that we have. It's a spirit that comes with it. You don't get that in the natural. I don't care how prominent your parents are that adopt you, how much they love you. Your, Your real father, your real family comes to you by way of God's spirit of adoption. He he you you are blood bought, you're born again, but on top of that you have a spirit for that allows you to cry to God as father and you expect him to answer you. It's a two-way reconciliation. That's how we can go to God in prayer. If you didn't have that spirit of adoption, you'd be wondering if it's his will. What's his will? What's he want? What's he going to do? The spirit of adoption, it's not just faith, folks. There's a spirit that comes to validate what you believe. And that spirit of adoption lets you know you can ask anything. Just look at his word and see what his heart wants to do for you. You know, I was sitting stewing about something recently. In that scripture that, that it's nothing for you to help. Lord, we know it's nothing for you to help. It's nothing for you to help. It's nothing for you to help. And the Lord told me, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to teach you how to really believe that. He said, you're going to quit being concerned about things when they first happen and mulling it over and, you know, you you put the word on it and then you wonder. You ever been there? Yeah, right. Speak the word to it and then you watch it to see what it's going to do next. See, you, you, for the most part, you've just breathed life into it where it might have been dead a minute ago if you left it alone. He said, I'm going to teach you what that really means. It's nothing for me to help you. He says, nothing. He said, I don't, I don't second guess what I'm going to do for you. I don't put you on probation because of the last wrong thing you did. He said, if you'll humble yourself and stay humble to me, he said, I'll do these things for you. Does it just continue to walk with me? Said like I did Abraham. He said, I gave him magnificence. I gave him life. He said, after I made his name great, I topped myself in giving him a son in his old age. He said, that's what I want to do for all my children. He said, the last big thing I did for you, I want to top that. He said, I want to outdo myself in your life through you. 
Huh? Well, you know, sometimes we think we having a conversation with God, but that'll shut you up for a long time. You start listening after that, this is, you know, you're like stunned. Lost for words, which is a good thing. Cause you trying to let all that sink in. All those things that, you know, and really, for me, it's a scripture, but it's part of the prayer manual, so it's a scripture I just read off most times. I mean, it sinks in, but it's not like, introducing Barb, for whom it's nothing for me to help. It's getting there. See? Some of those scriptures we've been reading, just reading. Like I, I see parents sometimes in, in, it, this is, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm not throwing no shade. If you feel it, just, you know, fan yourself. I don't know what you want to do, but parents sometimes get overly concerned about their children's mistakes. Especially when they get grown. You know, you crying towel and, oh, you know, we could hear the moans and the groans and the, but you know, that's between you and God. He's, he loves you. He tell you, we working it out. But you know what the Lord told me recently? He said, he said, people in this ministry have been reading the seed of the righteous prayer forever. He said, I'm going to make them stop, stop now and start meditating on it. He said, when you, when you see your kids will hate sin and the devil, he said, that's right. He said, just because they doing sin and obeying the devil don't mean they love it. He said, and if you're doing something you hate, you're going to stop pretty soon. So instead of being concerned about it, we need to say, God, I'm, I thank you. Today is the day they stop. They stop doing what they hate. Because your word says they hate sin and the devil. And I say today they will stop. Amen. Amen. Where is uh, Chuck? Where's my little my little love uh, on the table over there? Uh, yeah, the one that says now. I said, I was going to put that thing up. Pastor Shirley saw it. And she said, yeah, now today is the day my healing manifests. Amen. And, and I was thinking about that. I said, Lord, we need to start uh, having now faith again. Faith is now. You don't have to put nothing up. But it says like yesterday, tomorrow. No, now. Amen. It's now. Amen. Your children are delivered now. Amen. We're not waiting for one fine day. One fine day is now. It's whenever you say it is. And see, they're reconciled to God. Everything's been paid for. They're, they're in the ark of safety covered with pitch. They're covered with the blood to protect them from the hurt, harm, and evil of the enemy. Amen? They just think they like what they doing they trying hard to like it but god ain't letting them (laughs) 
Don't let the devil fool you. Don't let him trick you out of your covenant with God and your confession. Huh? He said, I'm going to show parents that that confession is real. It's not just empty words. Amen? See, when they're, they're three, four, and five and six, it's easy to believe the seed of the righteous. The only sin they know is stealing the apple out of the refrigerator when mom ain't looking. The older they get, the more your faith will be challenged by what you see. Huh? You gotta confess every day. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by the word of God. In fact, Father, I thank you that I don't have to be in the midst of it. No, sometimes you know, <laughs> kids leave home and you, oh Lord, I don't know, I miss my children, I miss my children. Honey, you don't want to be around them every day. For some of the changes they going through out there trying to live with the world and be friends with the world and do this with the world and do that like the world and, <laughs> you don't want to see all that. Let God father them. He's their father. He not the grandfather, he the father. Just move yourself out the way and let him father your children. Amen. <laughs> You'll find them sneaking and praying behind your back. Right? You want them to do all the praying in front of you so you can check them prayers out. So you can make sure they praying right. Make sure them prayers. They probably do more sneaky prayer than you could ever think of. Prayer of agreement with you. Huh? Lord, if you get me out of this, I ain't gonna never. Ooh, God loves them kind of vows. Huh? He loves them. Cause he cashes in on them bad boys. Huh? Well, my children know how to pray the word. Yeah, but you want them to pray the ones that's going to get answered. Huh? And God will help them keep them vows too. You know, you, sometimes your, your kid gets involved with some crazy somebody that ain't saved, don't want to get saved, don't know God. And you just a pace in the floor. And that's good. Stay up until you get a release. You know what I'm saying? But that release must come. But see, God will make it so bad they can't wait to get rid of them. Get away from whoever they are. You see them pack up and move several times trying to follow somebody. And then all of a sudden they didn't forget about that person. Huh? And moved again. This time they got away moving to get away from them. How'd that happen? Ooh, just God is fathering your children like he's supposed to. He's fathering them. Huh? We want to figure out, well, what did I do wrong? And where did I go wrong? God, I served you the best I could. And I never should have done that over there. 
forget about it. You go through all that little harangue for nothing. And he says, if you would just trust me to be their father, just ask me to father them. God, would you please father my children? Would you please teach them your ways? Amen. The Bible says if you train them up the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart. He didn't mean 90 years old. He meant grown. Amen. They won't depart. Now, they might not be walking like you would like them to walk with your little religious crazy self. (laughs) But you don't make up the rules, do you? You should be busy trying to follow the rules yourself. You got enough to take care of with just you. Amen. It's the truth. It's the truth. (laughs) It's so funny. Sometimes we can, uh, you ever notice sometimes how husbands can know stuff and won't tell you until you're just desperate to find it out? They'll tell you some real godly stuff sometime and, and you look at them and say, well, how long you been feeling like that? They say, since you started this nonsense you've been carrying on with. Amen. And everything's an emergency. You know, to moms, everything's an emergency. And, you know, oh, uh, there's a stampede. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the husband's not moved. Well, how can you be so calm? What you drinking? Give me some of it, too. How can you be so calm? Our baby's out there. You have no heart. Now he's just waiting for you to tire yourself out. Huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, that's God the Father. He just waits for us to wring ourselves out. When she gets enough, I can move. Because if I move now in her condition, <laughs> oh boy, praise God. We are adopted, folks. We are, we have full-fledged privileges, companionship, fellowship with God anytime we want it. He's He's doing us good all the days of our life. Never be afraid to go to God thinking you're going to hear bad news. You're going to hear something you don't want to do or you can't do. You know, get the condemnation out of your brain. Just allow God to minister his truth and his love to you. Make everything the way it's supposed to be in your life. Um, just, just put you in that place of full adoption where everything, there's nothing limited to you. There's nothing, um, you know, out of, out of the realm of expectation for you. You know, God had to show me some things to help me elevate my expectation in him. And I'm praying that that we all have that experience. You know, he wants to elevate our expectation so that nothing is impossible in our lives. 
that we don't meet impossible situations. Um, I don't care what they are. They're all, God will do everything for us. There's nothing off limits. Why? Because of reconciliation. It's been paid for. The best of everything's paid for. The cream of the crop's paid for. The good, I, I did a teaching on the internet about our, our, um, our, uh, our blessing is prepared in a place called glory. Where glory perfects everything. You might pray for something and in your mind you got a picture of it and when it comes to you it's been out in glory and it's perfected over and above what you could ask or think. You understand what I'm saying? And we need to understand that God has a gold standard for his children. Amen. I mean a real, I'm not talking about this flip stuff people talk about being a queen with a crooked crown and if you're a queen, you know, the king ought to get, well, I'm not going to say that. That was just, that would have been too mean. But you know what I'm saying. Take the crown off and, and start letting him work on your heart. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, that kind of stuff. But, but God wants us to know what real fathering is. You know, for us to know what it's like to have a good father who's responsible Gives, has the best for us. No limits on what he'll do for us. I don't care if it's healing. It's not a matter of your faith all the time. It's just a matter of clinging to him. Cause if you cling to him, you'll get everything you need. Amen? It's sometimes faith is what you need just to cling. Your confession is raggedy. You're scared about everything, but you're clinging. And the cling means that you know he's got it for you. Just don't let go. Amen. He has it all for us. Why don't we stop? Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for the blessing that comes with your holy word. And we honor you, Lord, and we love you and we bless you and we praise you. Miss Pat, I'm just going to say a prayer for your little friend there. What's her name again? Sherelle. Lord, we pray for Sherelle and we thank you that the blessing of God is upon her life. We thank you, Lord, to bless her coming in and going out. We thank you, Lord, to bless her with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and bless her with the spirit of adoption. Father, when she's baptized, that she would come up out of the water knowing that she belongs to you. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen and many men. So why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And we thank you, Lord, that by your stripes... We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.